Yeah, what's good, yo? Welcome to another episode of Real Talk, where as always, the shit's real, we talk about it. I'm your host for tonight, Pat Scopian, and I'm going to represent, and as always, I got my man with me. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Hey, what do you do, God? So, um, it, um, my name is, my name is Shutterworth. Uh, yeah, it's LB, a lot of the boys. <laughs> yeah, ringgangradio.com. This nigga's Yeah. Yo, LB, yo, you killed me with the intro. Goodness, yo, you took me out of my space, bro. Took me out. You know what I'm saying? That's the go artist right there. You know, he might have been sipping a little bit too much earlier, but that's all right, though. That's my man, though. And I got my other man with me. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Hi, my name is Nah. Fuck that shit. You already know. Who, you already know who this is. Your boy King People. They got people. They got boxing in the building. Ring Gang Radio all day. What up? Hey, Bodega Peace. No, straight from the sewer. Although I think today you above ground. Today is that correct? Yes, I'm above ground. I'm not with the rats today. I'm with the dogs. Where my dogs at? That's what I'm talking about. You know, but as always, man, we do salute you for your service, you know, keeping our cities cities safe from all these for all these miscreants and thieves and vandals and you know, niggas that be wearing black pajamas and shit like that, thinking they know they know ninja but they don't. They be getting served all day every day, man. We salute you for your service, man. Word up. And then and then also we have my other man with me. I'm gonna let him introduce himself. What's happening? It's your boy Conscious Pilot, aka the West Coast Avenger number one contender. Lift off destination ringing radio. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about, Pilot. He stays elevating, bro. He's always stays he always stays above the clouds, man. You know, that's a good look, man. And uh, I got another one who's actually made it to a, another show, you know, so soon, man. I'm, I was actually surprised though, but I'm gonna let him introduce himself. Back, you know, you already know who the fuck it is. It's your boy Rome, top five in the building. Chicago stand up, what's good? Yeah, my man Rome, aka Chicago Wing, because he leaves these niggas in the breeze, man. You know, but you know, so it's good for him when he circles back, you know, to talk with the gang and whatnot, man. You know, so, so, so salute for being out here. Hey, can, can I go again? I, I, I fucked up on my intro because, like, I got a call. At the same no, exact no, time. Moved on, next. And my next man we introducing is Go ahead, nigga. <laughs> this is uh, Jason Ryan. I don't have any AKAs. I gotta work on that, but I am uh, known for Odd Ninja, Odd Ninja Media, home of Jericho Cutter, and I'm known for Black Drew. Black Droog is just some dope artistic shit. We can get into that a little bit later, but thanks for having me, fellas. Oh no, man, the pleasure is ours, man. Man, you have you have you have more names than a Wu Tang member, bruh. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's not it's not AKAs. It's just like I come because there was a whole thing with all these different names and shit, and I was like, yeah, I need a name. I don't want it to be me, so I need to come up with a name like. 
the whole black Drew thing was like some some cartoon character I made up because I didn't want to be the face of the art. Um, That's what it but, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just Jason. Yeah, and yeah, so we got your full name, Jason B. Ryan, man. You know, you heard you heard his names, man. So, like I said, you know, welcome to welcome to our show, man. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, in the last you know in the last month or so, uh, yeah, you know, your name has been buzzing around here, man. And uh, you yeah, know, it, it's definitely an honor for us to have you on the show. Uh, um, so, yeah, so, yeah, so, why don't you tell us about yourself some more? Some, you know, basically your background and stuff like that. Yeah, yo, what's your professional background? Mm-hmm. You know, you uh, dude just come up here, you know. I mean, you my man. So my boy hit me up and he's like, yo, you try to do this podcast? And I was like, all right, bet. But nah, let me stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, my background is, um, I have a background in media. I work in television. Um, I've been working in television uh, for, damn, a long time, like 14 years. Um I, I did television production in college, Hampton University, and I was able to get an internship at a cable network, uh, TV One. Um, I worked there. I also worked at a uh, television news network at the same time I was working at TV One. So I was getting the cable side and I was getting the news broadcast side. News is insane, by the way. Like, I never want to have a career working in news um because it's it's crazy like like it's just like everything is constantly moving and at the time i was doing it i did it for like like five or six years working both jobs and it was like there was a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world um back when i was working uh at that news network and it was like nah never i never want to make a full-time career out of this so that was a good experience because it gave me focus Hold um, on. I, you you said there was a lot of crazy shit going on in the world at that time. Like, like so, what was one of them crazy things? Because a lot of crazy shit going on right now. So I don't want people to be like, "Damn, hold on." Like, I know. Well, yeah. In the future? Or... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I well, the thing is, the news network I worked at they covered world news. So, oh my damn! Anytime mm. something happened in the world, it was a big story. But the first big thing that happened is I was working there when Barack Obama was running for president the first time. Okay. So that was huge. That was huge. Okay. And, the ne- and, and the news network was in D.C. And, and anything politics related, they were all over it. So the Barack Obama um, first presidency run was huge for them. Then there was like, there was that, that, um, that uh, the uprising in, in, uh, in Egypt. There was the Haiti earthquake um, I actually, if y'all remember that huge earthquake in Haiti, I yeah, just, yeah. yeah, we do. Yep, we didn't so get uh, Andre Berto versus Shane Mosley because of that. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Boxing. Yeah, and box, yeah I'm was, sorry. I remember everything because of boxing. Nah, that that that's what's up, man. But yeah, like that was a huge world event that happened. And the crazy thing is, when I worked at that network, the shifts in the department where I worked, they were twelve-hour shifts. So you either came in at 5 a.m. or 5 p.m. Because I was working another full-time job, I came in at 5 p.m. But like when I got there, it was the same day that the Haiti earthquake happened. And they already had people that they flew down to Haiti. They were doing satellite um, trans satellite transmission. They were doing live um, 
live, you know how the, in the news they do the live hit, like reporting live from live some crazy stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the department where I worked was responsible for like pulling in all those satellite feeds and then sending them into the, the live news show. So that was like, it was like, it, it was out of control. And that's just like, there's probably some other stuff that happened that I kind of just blocked out because it was just chaotic. But that scene, that that live newsroom is not for me. Um, I did it in college. That was my what I studied in college. I studied broadcast journalism. Sure. I got the opportunity to work in news early on in my career. And that was the perfect time to do it because I knew that I never wanted to do it long term. Yeah, I did not want to be Peter Parker. I didn't want to be Clark Kent. None of that. Um, <laughs> none of that. It was it, it was wild. It was wild. But you know, I learned a lot from doing that, um, and just that experience of, you know, like that production experience of you know, there's real things happening in the world right now, and we're taking that and putting it into a, a television show. There, there was a lot that I learned from that whole process and everything. Um, so, like I said, I did that off and on. Um, I was a freelancer there. Did that for about six years. I was working full-time um, at the, the cable network. And I was just doing, at the cable network, I was just doing any and everything. I was in a, I was in a, 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 a library with VHS tapes organizing VHS tapes. You was paying dues. That's what you was I doing. was paying dues. <laughs> yeah, was I was I was I was answering the phones. Right. I was uh if they had like some big I remember they did like this this show with with uh Terrence Howard and one of the executives was like, "Yeah, I need you to look up everything you can find out about Terrence Howard and email it to me. Can you do that?" I was like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, I got you. Yes, sir. Or did you say, okay, man? (laughs) Okay, man. I got you, man. But I was like, so it's like stuff like that. Like, like I said, I was answering phones. I was uh, uh, editing videos to put on the website. Like, I was just doing everything. I was all over the place because it was like I'm at this cable network early in my career. It, it just launched. I'm like, I'm going to get the most out of this that I can and learn everything I can about the television business um, while I'm here. So, like, I just, I did a lot of things. Um, I just want to interject real quick. Is that's mm-hmm. message, that, that's message for y'all, you know, for what Jason just said, man. Sometimes, man, like, you know, in order to get to where you need to get, man, you got to start from the bottom. And sometimes you got to do this stuff. And it's not just in his industry, but in other industries as well. I can relate because I'm in the IT industry. And, you know, like I said, I mean, and what he's what he was talking about is, is like almost similar to what I had to do, you know, in order to get where I needed to be, man. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely relate with, with what you just said about that, man. So like, I just want to interject real quick and, just, you know, tell people just like that's a me- that's message. That's a message moment right there. Yeah. No, nah, no, nah, that's dope. That's dope. You point that out because, yeah, like that's how you got to do, you know, like you can't be like you, you're no matter what you're doing you always should be in a state of learning like there's always something new you can learn like even when you've mastered a certain area there's still things you can learn from it and and that's kind of how i approach things in general it's like what can i learn from this um but yeah that that, that's a great point that you made about that like you just you you just soak it all in and then it just makes you better at what you want to do because back to the the story like i always knew that i wanted to write 
Like I wanted to write movies and TV shows and stuff like that. Matter of fact, the movie Spike Lee's Bamboozled, when I saw that movie for the first time in college, I was like, yo, I want to work in television. Like that movie, is, <laughs> that movie inspired me. It's a classic. If you ain't seen that movie, see that. Classic. Yes, yes, it is a definite classic. But yeah, like that movie motivated me to want to work in, in, in the television and film industry. Like I had done some other stuff, like, like, like I did a, we did like a short film in high school for a class and that was like super dope and a lot of fun. But like, I wasn't really focused on what do I want to do for my career, but seeing that movie, it just kind of hit a light bulb. Um, because I always was, I always wanted to write, like write stories. I didn't really know what medium I wanted to go. Um, like then around that time in college, I just started trying to figure out how to write movies. Um, I read some screenwriting books and I like downloaded some screenplays off of, uh, you know, them all those little like bootleg sites where you can just get a screenplay (laughs) of like a real movie and it'd be like stuff that I had seen before so I could read the screenplay and I can already know what the movie looked like. Um, That's what it is. That's what's up. So it just helped me learn. So I just kept learning while I was, when I graduated college, um, was working these two jobs. Um, Working those two jobs at one point actually was three jobs because I was working at Best Buy part-time too. And it was- The hustle was real, bro. It was a hustle. There were days when I was working, in 24 hours, I went to three jobs. There were several days like that because the, you know, I had the full-time job that the, the, the Monday through Friday job. Then I had the freelance job at the news network. Then I had the part-time job at Best Buy. So like there were days, sometimes multiple days a week when I would go to all three jobs in 24 hours. Um, and it was... Damn. It's not like that, that living color skit. Hey, man. <laughs> you know, talk about like they, everybody got different jobs. Like they in the courtroom, like the, the dad, the judge, the mom, the bailiff. Yeah, son of a lawyer. Hey, man, you're guilty of not having a job. (laughs) My goodness, this nigga was doing everything. Yeah, you was Uh, honest, bro. Salute that. You paid it forward to the next generation. I was trying. I was trying. But I mean, that was just to to live, you know, because none of those jobs were really like high paying at the time. So I was just trying to be able to pay the rent. Um, But, you know, I feel like part of the like having that hustle and having that that grind out of necessity it kind of helped me in my creative ventures because I always knew like one day I want to be able to live off of writing and creating and and, and I feel that honestly, honestly we, we definitely feel that I know me and LB we've talked about that you know talk about that like offline a whole lot you know yeah so it, it feels better though like you know, something that you create from your mind or whatever, yep. and then just be able to like sit back and try to reap the benefits of it after some point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's like at back then, like this was around like 2000, like the time when I was working the three jobs at once, it was like around 2009 to 2010 or 11. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was always in the back of my mind about creating, creating, and and the the the, the significant part of 
that story is that that was the time when I created Jericho Cutter, this that now is this comic book series. Um, that was when I created it, when I was at that point. Like, like I created Jericho Cutter a long time ago. And that's an, another thing about looking at the long-term plan. Like, it, I didn't release it until this year, but I first wrote it back in 2010. And it's like I, I never I let go of it. I never forgot about it. It was always something that I knew I was going to put out at some point in my life. Message. <laughs> right. But I just, I didn't get impatient. I didn't like try to force anything. I just, you know, let it, let it go how it was going to go. I, I worked on other things. Um, and then, you know, there was, I'll, I, I don't want to keep rambling because I can keep telling the story for a minute. But what I, I think an appropriate place for me to, to stop for a second is back then when I was creating this, this Jericho Cutter project, and uh, we can talk more about it if you guys want me to go yeah, deep I, into I, that. I definitely, I definitely but, have a question uh, about Jericho Cutter. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll, I'll just pause at this point but like I spent all that time working the three jobs I was writing this Jericho cutout I, I think I was working in Best Buy and I was in the I worked in the department that sold video games and music and DVDs it was like the perfect place to work for me if I had to work retail that was the perfect situation um, but like I was looking at like I would buy like all these anime DVDs and stuff and I came across Afro Samurai. I missed it when it aired on TV, and I came across that, and I was like, Spike "This TV? is." The, I missed it on Spike TV. I was late, but then no, when I, I saw you. it, I threw you. I, I did too, bro. I did. Yeah. I had my pops take this shit later for me. I, I threw you. Yeah, <laughs> I missed out, but I was like, "Yo, this is the dopest shit I've ever seen," and I was like, "I want to create a black ass superhero just like this," and that initial thought was what was this the the seed planted in my mind to create Jericho Cutter. Um and I think the significant part of the story is that was a time when I was like really, really grinding and hustling, like I said, working three three jobs. Um but I just stayed focused on that creativity and that's what where he came from at that point in my life. Word. Yeah, no, definitely, man. So yeah, you definitely. I mean, yeah, like you've definitely, you know, you definitely described like the hustle of things and just trying to get put on. But my my question is more towards um, Jericho Cutter. Like, how did you come up with Jericho Cutter? Like, the, you know, the character and like, who is he based off? Anyone uh, specific? You know, from a movie or someone that you know, or just someone you just birthed just out of just you manifested that shit like out of your mind just like that. I'm just yeah. Curious. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a combination of all of those, really. Like, the the first thing, like I said, I was watching Afro Samurai, and I was mesmerized by it, and I wanted to create, like, some, like, really, really cool, badass black man um, in that type of situation. Then I started thinking, okay, so what is it going to be? Like, I want it to be futuristic. I want it to be, like, you know, that that lone wolf man on a mission type of thing I knew that part of it 
the name Jericho just came to my mind. Like, I don't even know where that came from, but I like the way it sounded. So I was like, yeah, his name's going to be Jericho. Word. <laughs> um, <laughs> the name Cutter, it's kind of a shout out to um, Wesley Snipes. Because if you remember Passenger 57. Hell yeah. His, his character <laughs> name was John, John Cutter. Classic movie. And like... Wesley Snipes was like one of my favorite like action heroes back in the day. Like, he's still, I don't know. He's, he's still one of our favorite action heroes today. Yeah, like, he, he's yeah, still that dude. Yeah, yeah, he still is. He still is. But it's like, I don't like. I don't want to sound like too like corny and cheesy, but I don't remember. It's like really paying attention to like a black man in those type of roles before him. They they existed. Like I remember Carl Weathers. Like Carl Weathers was dope and Action Rocky Jackson. Action, and Action Jackson, Jackson and, and all that shit. And oh, by the way, I didn't realize this until much later, but Carl Weathers' name in Action Jackson is Jericho. Yeah. And it kind of was like oh, subconscious. Yeah. It was like subconscious because I used to love that movie when I was a kid. But I didn't, I didn't I didn't I didn't piece that together until later. But I was like, oh shit, maybe that's where that name Jericho came from. But I didn't think about it at the time I wasn't actively doing it but it's like yeah like Jericho Cutter is named after characters portrayed by like two of the baddest badass black men to ever be in film so it's, it's perfect it worked out it's almost like, like it was... the whole black exploitation period yeah. where you weren't having you know the Fred Williamson's and and you know Black Bill Jones and all them dudes, right, right. You know, yeah, you know, Charlie you're, you're Tim Kelly's, or even someone who's even uh, who's who doesn't get a lot of mention, like Steve James, rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, they, they, like there was definitely a whole lot. You know, there was definitely black black exercise, but you know, yeah, but, the guy who just died. Uh, fuck, I can't remember his name. Ah, uh, jeez, nigga. Ah, uh, he was in Trump Turner too. Who Isaac Hayes? The, the, the bad guy. Oh. Yeah, 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 Koto. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you see, but with them, like that was like the stuff like my dad and uncles were watching. Like I didn't relate as much as until I got older. But like in the in the in the late eighties and the nineties, that was for us. Yeah, like that was when I really like actually cared about what I was looking at and really was like looking for who is going to be like my action hero and you know it, it it was for the time it was Carl Weathers and Wesley Snipes like as 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 you know ones that you relate to because they look like me I mean Max. yeah it's so still Slim Pickens though too yeah it wasn't a lot I mean and uh, that's what the era, they had everybody you know but yeah. us like they gave us a handful of niggas like I there you go you know passenger 57 right and, and Wesley was all over the place and that's not saying yeah. I wasn't of course I was watching the Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Van Damme and all like I used to, like I love action movies but to see the brothers it, it was a obviously it was more of a personal connection um cause it's like wow like that's a black man doing that like he looked like he could be my uncle like yeah that's so awesome um <laughs> but yeah so I, like it was so back to answering the question I, I kind of went off track but um but yeah so like that 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 Wesley Snipes black action star in in big budget movies was a huge influence on Jericho Cutter 
like I said, Afro Samurai seeing that, you know, the futuristic world with this lone wolf, badass black man, doesn't do a lot of talking, but he does a lot of ass whipping. That was a huge influence as well. And then I kind of just built it out from there. Like, it just kind of became its own entity from that. And, you know, I had that general premise, then I would just add, I'd be like, okay, well, where is he from? It's like, all right, so this is where he's from. And then I say, all right, well, what is his power? And then I came with the, okay. So then I was like, well, how did he get it? And then I would write that and think through that and be like, okay, well, who gave him the power? Was he born with it or did somebody create it? And I just kept going out and out and out and building this entire world around this this one character. Um, yeah, and, that, and that's also important too. Like world building is such an is an important thing, and not just like animation, like you know, just regular live action films too. Because you know, the the more you world build, the more e- the easier it is to really get sucked into, you know, just to get sucked into it and be able to at least not only understand the character but understand everything around it. So I mean, that you can still I I agree, but I will say, Pat, that I. As, I do like world building as long as it doesn't become come to, to, the, to the expense of character building. Character building trumps everything else than that world building awesome. to me. A lot of, yeah. I, just, I just noticed this because that's like one of the big um, gripes that I have, especially like now in, in like anime and mangas. Like they do so much world building, but the character, the character building is such shit. It's just like, okay, cool. I, I don't even give a fuck about the world building if your characters are shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great point. That that is a, that is an excellent point because character is what is important. And and to your point, it's like you build this world. Like with me for Jericho Cutter, I built the entire universe that Jericho Cutter exists in. Well, the entire world. So I went all the way back to the creation of this world where he lives through the destruction of this world. And Jericho Cutter, his story takes place somewhere in the middle. But I don't have to write or release all of that. I just need to write it to understand my character. Because, like you said, the character is what's important. You can have this whole extensive world and all these side characters and all these spinoffs and all that. But the character, your main character has to be the primary and that has to be what's important absolutely because i'm i'm a bit like i'm a big like advocate of like i'm big into like who is this character and being invested in this character if you have a main character i feel like i need to be invested in him to want to see him do his thing so it's like who is this jericho person and sell me on why i should care about him that's how I look at it and then the world building comes afterwards then that's that's a that's icing on the cake afterwards yep yep how how about you know we just have character building and world building at the same time but you kind of do it in stages and that's what like it's like I had the general idea of how what I wanted Jericho to be but then I created the world in order to put his actions in context and creating that backstory like from his birth through his through his present day it helps me understand like the way he will react to certain things the types of things he would say to people it it really helps you to know the character absolutely 
Um, so like we, building all that backstory and all that, like I said, it doesn't mean you have to release all that. Like it's not like you're writing all of this because yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna tell this story from beginning to end. No, you need to know that so that you know your character. Um, to your point, LB, what you're saying, why you can't, you, you can, why can't you do both? You can. It's just that's that's one of the things that I'm pointing out, especially nowadays. I feel like the problem is people use world building as sort of like cheap parlor tricks to like to where you're not not even really thinking about the character. It's like oh, the character is mid, so they're just gonna put out new worlds and stuff like that, and new environments as like I said, as parlor tricks. I watch another enemy. That's that's what's going on right now. It's like a lot of stories, they focus more. It's like instead of building up both at the same time, like the Jericho Cutter story is done, they they give you a character and the character is fleshed out maybe fifteen percent, but they drop them in a world and the world is fleshed out eighty five percent. Right, right, right. And, and so then it's and like it's the... multiple places are doing it, so I, I get it. Like it's yeah, like. That's how my nigga Jason doing it right. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to do it right. I'm trying to make sure that, you know, like, it, it, it's great that you all brought that point up because I definitely want, I, I want people to like the comic because of Jericho. I, I want people to, to keep reading it and want to come back because of all the other stuff going on around him. But I want, like, the, the goal is for Jericho to be this, action star, superhero, futuristic black man that people can empathize with. They want to see him win, understand his, they see his flaws. That's another thing. Like, like you got to expose people's flaws at their human side. You know, like, it can't just be like this superhero that's infallible and everything always works out perfectly for them and they always have the right thing to say and you know what I mean? Like you got to expose that that human side and and the, the sometimes the dark side of that character, so you really can empathize with them as a human. Word. You know, and that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do. Um, that's what I'm, I'm trying to build something real with this. Okay, okay. So I right. let me see if I can ask you some questions and kind of we dig more into the uh, beneath the surface of the. Uh, Jericho cut a universe and the process. Before you get into that, are are we pretending like you weren't down from day one, or are we just gonna go right into it? Are you are you playing? (laughs) Are you playing host mode and you asking questions, or are we really gonna get into the? (laughs) Oh, you know, I I forgot all about that. Like real, real talk. I'm I'm, I I am playing host mode. I'm also like, all right, this nigga's next. We got him. Hey, 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 King P, what you think about this? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell the, tell the proper story. My, my bad. My bad. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell the abridged version of the story, then I'll let you do your thing. I ain't want to hijack your show, but um, no, 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 this no, is your show, bro. This is your show. Bro. You good, yo? This, this ring dang, bro. It's not like any other show in the world. You come nice. in here, you say your shit. Nah, it's dope. I, I appreciate it. Y'all are some good dudes, man. I, I really enjoy being on here already. Um, so yeah, to, to, to tie this whole Jericho Cutter thing back into the ring game um, and the connection. So I don't even remember how long ago it was, but it was a long ass time ago. I was... 2013? 
13, maybe before that. I was like 12 or 11. Maybe it was 12. Nah, with, with the comedy? Yeah, that was 13. Yeah, it was 13. I think it was, yeah, it was 2013. Yeah, it was I'm 13. trying to think, like, I made Clanarchy first, right? I thought it was like the same. Well, I, oh, I think it was at the same time, but. So, yeah, around 2013. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still. <laughs> so. In 2013, I had written, I had been working on Jericho Cutter the story as, as a whole for since 2010, and I'd been writing. That was like my primary writing goal. I just kept writing and kept writing and kept writing that. Then, once I felt like I was in a good place to just put that project to the side, I my creative mind somehow told me that I need to start making beats. So I start making music i've got some software got all these weird samples start making beats and Word. you know then i found uh the 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 com. they had a dope forum on there and i started posting my beats tunnel on gang. soundcloud and posting them on posting them on the collie yeah shout out to the tunnel gang and then there was this dude on there lauderdale boss who was like he just finished doing a um like a mixtape with all these Kali producers, all these dudes from the tunnel on the website that will post their beats. And he hit me up one time and he was like, yo, I want some of that, like, I'm trying to do this album and I want some of that dark RZA type shit you be doing. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. I was like, oh shit, that's like somebody like a rapper is asking me for beats and I'm just doing this shit for fun. Like, oh yeah, that's what's up. So we got to talking, and then in that conversation, we found out we were on the same page with anime and comics. We have a similar taste in music, and then that built into the um, the the uh, the Soul Wars, his comic book series. Was that what we did first? We did that first, or did the yeah. other, the other? Yeah. So we did that first. It was like. I, he he would just send me these random uh, songs. Like I don't even know where he got this shit from. But he now you know some of the samples of y'all ever seen the horror movie Troll mm-hmm. from the eighties or seventies? Yep. <laughs> you remember them singing mushrooms that sounded demonic as fuck? Nigga, <laughs> <laughs> I sent him that shit. <laughs> I was like, yo, this dude is weird as shit. But I respect it. <laughs> but I guess I fell right into it because he liked the beats I did. But like, um, we, yeah, we were doing that shit. And then I think that was when you were like, when, because I don't think I knew you were like that much of an artist, like visual artist at the time. I think that conversation came from doing that album. And then we did the comic book. Like he did all the drawings and did the story and then I was like yeah well I can color them on Photoshop I got you bro uh, that was like a huge undertaking like I don't even know how I pulled off doing that but um, we did that for like the first two then dropped the album and uh, and, and Shutterworth did the, the album cover and all this dope artwork with this rapping dude fighting demons and shit like that and then the angel was coming <laughs> to help him like oh, that, that's, it was that's like sample. yeah the Spartacus sample that that's was like my one of the best one. black group beats that Spartacus sample that, that was uh, my favorite one <laughs> yeah 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 that was my favorite one that I did um, with that project 
Well, except the one that you didn't that you rejected. I mean, I'm not in my feelings, but that that beat was that beat was fire. Don't worry, um, LB, 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 you know, he'll reject a lot of different things. So that's just him. That's how you he's, you got to take. Oh it yeah, out. I know. I know that's part of the process. I just I just keep mentioning that one beat every now and then just to like hopefully like maybe he'll use it one day because I think I like I love that. Let that nigga know he to drop a verse on that shit. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> just to remind him, just to remind him that there's some heat sitting there waiting for him. Uh, <laughs> I, I do have some black droop beats still in the stash that, that I'm gonna revisit. Like I got some got some joints there, like definitely. We ain't even put out a I think bastard yet. Like Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh but yeah, oh yeah, so that was my other life. Like I was, I'm not gonna say Black Drew is an alias, but like I was Black Drew's ghostwriter, if that makes sense. It do. All right. <laughs> like Black Drew is not me, but I'm the guy behind Black Drew, and it was like this whole persona. But the the not a persona, but it was a character that I created. And the thing about that is, all the stuff I did under Black Drew kind of prepared me for this odd ninja venture and it, and, it, and it just taught me like everything I need to do creating this brand um, creating a product around the brand and um, you know yeah but that was, those are good times but yeah me and me and um, Shutterworth we after that experience with his comic then I was like bro like I've been working I've been writing this comic for a few years like let's 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 do something with it. And I, and I sent him a script. He was like, "Yo, this shit is dope." And we 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 tried to do it. Like he did the he did the artwork. He did the uh, the the sketches and the inks for the pages. And I was trying to do the color. The color ended up being way too much of an undertaking for me at the time. Like like I just I, I felt like I I wasn't prepared. I wasn't the artist that I thought I was when I, when we started this and, you know, I, I, it just got to be too much. Um, but the, the thing about that process is that was like, like I knew Jericho Cutter was a real, like it became real at that point. Mm -hmm. Like this whole time I had this character that I wrote in the story and all these storylines that I wrote, but then that was experience where it was real. And like we actually created it, like we did a, um, I did like a, we like took the artwork and we did like a like a, a trailer for the comic, even though the comic was never finished. We did the trailer for the comic, then the 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 legendary uh, soundtrack uh, theme song, which yep. shout out to Ring Gang for producing that dope 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 music video. Um, but yeah, we did that back then. Shout out to yeah. Pro for that. Yep. Yeah, song yeah. was done. Song was done like eight years ago. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember LB telling me that. I was like, I was like, nigga, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, oh, how you set how you set that long on some fire like that? Like just sight beyond sight, right? Like that. That ain't the only fire. Like if I was a, like even the songs I did with Black Drew with those that project. With me and him and Clan Arky for the Soul Wars, yeah. like I still had that sitting on there. And honestly, I probably would say that's probably some of the best Clan Arky beats and, and Drew beats out. But I'm just sitting on them, like hold on, like 
sitting on heat. Sitting on heat. Because this is one of those projects where I provided all the samples. So, just to give a little more background on it, like when Black Drew first started making beats when he came there, he would make great, like, at, at, atmospheric sounds. And we had that dark, gothic feel. And right then, I would critique on everybody's beats and be like, ah, you need to add this there, turn this down. And I did that for, for a few of his beats. And that's how we kind of linked up. Because I was like, you know, how about you flip this? Like, you need to put this more of a structure for a song. And then we started corresponding and doing that. And that's how we started, you know, making songs and projects. And then me and him. Like, and, if you uh, think about it, if you think about it, Black Drew beats, it's like, like imagine you drowning in an alley. The music gotta come on and be a black truth. The, black, the music gotta come on and be a black truth. What? The <laughs> you, know, you know it's a rap. Because you know it's, 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 the, beat, it's the mood. Like, it'd be, it be dark, it'd be gritty. It just, I don't know. It's like black dude, he make beats. Like, like no one else make them. Like, it's on some different shit. All I did was just try, just try to perfect it so I could rap on them shits and, and it worked. Yeah, like the structure, get the structure to yeah. it. Because the funny thing is, like, with you and Rome saying that, is like, when I when I started making beats and using Black Droog as the face of my beats, my goal was to make the type of shit that would be playing in, like, an anime or a horror movie Word. or, like, a sci-fi movie. That like soundtrack music. Yeah, like, I was That's making, or, or, like, a video game. Like, that was what I was trying to do, like, some ill sci-fi, like, crazy-ass sci-fi adventure type of shit, but with a hip-hop edge to it. Like, yeah. that was my goal. Yeah, That's crazy. what I was trying to do. That's what it did. Um, yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it worked. I'm glad to know that it worked. Because the crazy part is now I use all a lot of those Black Drew beats I use for like you know like this how the song that that me and Shutterworth did it perfectly fits with the the current Jericho Cutter like it it matches the tone and the mood and all that and like when I do like little little videos and stuff I use like old Black Drew beats. And put them on my Odd Ninja promo videos. Like it, it, it's, it's kind of like I didn't know at the time, but I was like making my own music library for all this sci-fi anime shit I'd be doing ten years later, like without nah, even knowing it. Nah, bro, yeah. you, you knew, you knew, you knew, you knew. <laughs> it wasn't the plan, but it just worked out. Like I was just making the beats because it was fun. And the reason yeah. why I use Black Droog as the face of it was because I didn't want it to be me. Like I, I'm not a producer who's out here trying to get on and trying all to all the cameras, all the videos, all that, you know. <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't trying to do that. I just wanted to make these because they were fun. Just because they were fun. Like I enjoy that process. I enjoyed that process. And it was a good, you know, like after I spent all that time writing Jericho Cutter for years, it was a good like break from that writing and then still be creative so that's where I went into that whole music thing and I was you know doing all these little cartoons with Black Droog and I made it a whole story like Black Droog was like this weird producer he lives on the moon and he makes beats and all this type of weird <laughs> shit like it was it was just a, another element of my creative creative process <laughs> like yo yo he like, uh, they got some shit out there like 
he was putting together a lot of projects, but but you gotta explain what happened during the lost years. And what I mean is the lost years, because you explain how we all linked up, you know, because even you and me in Clanarchy, because he was with us from the beginning. I know he used to give, we all used to have like the little email thread and yeah. Clanarchy with them, be like, nah, you gotta add this to the beat, do this, because he yeah. was working on the iPad. Like, I ain't never heard of no shit like that back then. <laughs> I'm like, well, I was too. I was too. Yeah, I was too. You didn't know that? Oh yeah, yeah. Because you know what, Buffy, you he was giving you tips and shit. So yeah, y'all was we, y'all was bonding yeah. on that. So that's how that whole he's, iron he's triangle came. I mean, he, yeah, he's much better than I am. But we use the same software. Use yeah. the same software. Yeah. And, and we worked on that album with the. Uh, it was like a since we all of us were Wu Tang fans, we made like a Wu Tang tribute album where. Both of them took like Clanarchy and Clanarchy killed the mixing man, but he don't do this shit no. He would take Wu Tang uh, vocals and put them on his own beats, but he would make a style like a Wu Tang style beat. And honestly, some of this shit was sounding better than the shit that was coming out by Wu Tang at the time. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember dudes was like, man, this shit sound better than that. What was that um that one Wu Tang album that had the uh. I think it was one of the uh, 2014 it oh, came like out. Eight, eight diagrams? It was eight diagrams. Oh, it was another one. I oh, think it was. Better Tomorrow? It was the Better Tomorrow. Better Tomorrow. Better Tomorrow. Because I know niggas was like, damn, y'all got better beats and shit than fucking um, <laughs> Better Tomorrow. Like, hold on. And I think we had put it out around the same time. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. people was really fucking with the sound, but, you know. So after we did that, Y'all know me and Clanarchy, we still stay close and we still stay making music, the soulful shit. You know, the Clanarchy, he got different vibes. But Black Drew kind of, he faded in the background a little, you know. Yeah. yeah. He, he went from being like in the main, you, you know, all in the, like, not all in front of the TV, but like he went from being on the screen to like, hold on, like, chill, chill. Let me go back here and be with these pots and pans. Yeah, so, I kind of it, it was there was so when I went missing, kinda, huh? No, I said like you went missing, so like yeah. we want to know like during that time when we, me and Clanarchy, was still doing our thing, grinding, and to put it on a worldview. Pat making his boxing videos and shit. Everybody else is doing different shit. You kind of fell back, but during that time, I know you was low key developing. The, the the cutter and, and the cutter series and, and finalizing that getting that on point because you and me we did a few collabs during that time yeah and we spoke but you know we weren't on it like that like no beef and then we just you know, niggas was busy yeah yeah like, and, and I kind and yeah. here we are yeah because I kind of fell back on the music and like I still would do it every now and then um because like I did like like just randomly did an album like not too long ago. And matter of fact, you and Rome did a did a did a track on one of those beats. The um Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think you dropped it yet. But yeah, like that I kinda, yeah, that should go hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was dope. Um but yeah I was at that time I was focused on on the writing. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm a fall back on the music thing because it felt like like I was doing it a lot, but I didn't really 
like I said, I wasn't trying to be a music producer professionally or make a career out of it. It was something that I thoroughly enjoyed. But then I kind of was like, let me shift my focus into what I'm really trying to do long term. And that's the writing and developing, um, creating series, creating characters, creating shows, movies. And my personal creative venture, I was doing that. Like I was... I wrote like two or three different, three different pilot series, like sci-fi pilot series. I wrote an animated show. Um, I started working on a movie. I was, I brought Jericho Cutter back and like, I just read through all I had and kind of developed that a little bit more. Um, And then professionally, I was moving in in a direction where I was, like more aligned with the creative side, like on the production side. Um, and it, 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 the, the, the timing of it was like, I was putting all this energy into my personal creative ventures. And then on the professional side, I got more in the creative space professionally. And I remember like a mentor of mine told me one time, he was like, cause this was a time when I was struggling. This is probably like the time where I was like working the multiple jobs and like, yeah, I need to do something better with my career. But a mentor of mine was like, he's like, you know, you need to keep doing what you're doing to pay the bills, but never stop on your creative and then keep working until they're both aligned. That's message right there. Message. (laughs) That was like some of the best advice I ever got. That was some of the best advice I ever got because I, I I mean, it ended up happening where like my on the professional side, I'm working with writers and I'm working with directors and I'm developing uh, shows and stuff on the professional side. But then my personal creative, I want to write movies and I want to develop shows and I'm developing all these shows that have no home. I'm doing it for myself. I'm building up my inventory so that when I have an opportunity it's there but like once those two aligned I kind of just like hit like I was in a good groove and (laughs) then COVID happened and (laughs) the the pandemic happened and it kind of just like everything had to just be kind of reset because you know my industry the television and film industry shut down completely for months uh, last year and during that time I was like well damn I'm spending all this energy writing all these movies and TV shows and stuff like, but I'm going to have to sell them to somebody to produce them. And yet right now, nobody's producing anything. So what am I going to do? And I was like, at one point I was, I was going to write a novel. I actually started writing a Jericho Cutter novel, adapting it into a novel a while ago, but it was way too much to, to do. Then I was like, <laughs> I was like, I need to do something. I was like, maybe I can just produce some animated shorts and I can turn it into an anime series and do animated shorts. And I can turn all these scripts that I wrote into that. But animation is wildly expensive. Um, because I, I spoke to some artists and, and it, it's very expensive. And then I just randomly, that's why I think there's like a lot of, like, it was kind of like divine timing in this whole situation because I was just one late night I was just browsing on the internet and I just randomly went to 
Image Comics. It was saved on my on my shortcuts, and I just clicked on Image Comics. And the first article on the Image Comics page was the the top twenty five black comic creators that you should be reading now. And I was looking mm-hmm. through that, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And then it almost felt like. It almost felt like what you doing? Jericho Cutter like walked into my living room and was like, "Bruh, like, yeah, I'm here. I'm yeah, ready. Let's go." Yeah. What the fuck are you waiting for? You had one of those moments like in the movies where they're like, "All right, I think it's time to get the gang back together. We, we about to go on tour again." Like, like he had that one of those realizations. Like, I could do this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like, because when I, because it was like, because I had put, you know, I put all that work in the Black Dream, put put that to the side. I had already put all that work in the Jericho Cutter, which was originally written as a comic book. And I kind of put that to the side to write these movies and TV shows and stuff, because that was where my focus was. But then it just hit. It was like, like I said, it felt like he just walked into the room and was like, bruh, what you waiting for? And, and, seeing that list of all these black comic book creators and knowing that I had this comic book series that was just sitting it, that's when it clicked and everything just kind of moved real fast um, and one of the first people I reached out to to, to, to tell us like like, bro I'm, shoot, I'm about to create this comic book animation company I'm bringing back Jericho Cutter I'm doing some stuff with Black Drew I'm bringing all of that I'm doing all of it, but one of the first people I told about it was Shutterworth, um, and we actually we actually did a, a Black Drew project that is still unreleased. It's still in development, but we actually worked on like that was the the first project we did it was like some wild Black Drew uh, mythology type of shit that we did. Oh, you talking about the medieval, uh, the medieval joint? Yeah, the medieval joint. Yeah, yeah like yeah, that was yeah. one of the, the when I launched Odd Ninja Media, this brand. That Black Drew project was the first one, the first thing that I did, even before I got really deep into bringing Jericho Cutter back. Um, but it's like you create this this network of, of creatives around you, and it, it was like that's what when Shutterworth was talking about the lost years, like all this shit that I was just talking about were those lost years between us collaborating on projects. But then as soon as I kind of like figured it out, we just got right back into it. That's yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. Because it's funny because when you was doing, when I was working on the uh, Medieval Project with you, around that time, I think that was last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I was I was in the process of animating the, um, I think that Ring Gang cartoon, but I think it was episode two at the time. Yeah. So it was, yeah, so, so, you know. Yeah, and it was like. I'm about the busiest nigga besides Drew down here. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that was, that was cool too because, like, the fact that, like, we had, we were, hadn't collaborated in all those years. We still were in touch, like, every, every, like, six months or so would be like a random yeah. text message or a check in. But the fact that, like, we kind of like were aligned in that point where like I want to launch this whole animation company and I got all these projects you like bruh I've been doing animation for months like I'm about to do episode 2 of my animated series 
it was just the way things aligned perfectly without even knowing it at the time. You know, like it, like that was just some, some some dope shit, like that alignment right there. You know, I mean, because yeah, I had paid voice actors. I mean, unpaid voice actors. I'm gonna get that. Hold on, Jay. What, what you doing? <laughs> I I get my check. Hold on. <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it's just like you know, it, it's been a it's been a great learning experience as I go. Um, you know, like all the things, like I said, with me and Shutterworth doing the Jericho Cutter comic back in 2013, me doing all this Black Droog stuff, it just kind of like laid the groundwork for what Odd Ninja Media and what Jericho Cutter are now. And it just kind of like, you just pick up from where you were and just get right back to it. And that's like, like, um, what we were talking about earlier, it's like all the work that you put in, it'll pay off in some way. You know, like, like when, when you're doing it for, you know, you're doing it for the right purpose. You're not like chasing a check or you're not like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this because then I'm going to blow up. But when you're creating to build your brand and build your, your uh, portfolio give yourself experience and all that like all that stuff will pay off it, it's it's never wasted energy or wasted time like Absolutely. there's no wasted content there's no wasted content and it's all part of building your your brand overall no such thing as wasted content I mean we, we making cartoons for songs niggas did almost 10 years ago right 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 so, so right. fuck all that like <laughs> exactly me, me and Rome rapping over beats that I didn't had like 9 years ago <laughs> yeah coming out like oh niggas in the studio like oh, damn this shit hard like who is <laughs> right so it, it works man but so let, let me let me get a little more specific with you bro before we get into the, the second part um what would you say what was your favorite part of the process and what was the worst part of the process of creating Jericho Cutter? Um, well, my favorite part of the process, well, it's kind of two, but the, so the favorite part is creating like, when, when I'm sitting down and I'm like just writing, like there were times when I felt like I was just writing automatically because the way I was writing Jericho Cutter was I was just doing a timeline of events and I would just sit down and be like, okay, part two. And I would just type this happens and that happens and that happens and that I wasn't formatting it or anything. I was just writing the who, what, when and where. Um, just creating that is is my was my favorite part because it was basically like started from scratch and I'm just spitting out all this information and creating these stories and these characters and, and all this stuff and then going back and you know revising it editing and making some sense of it but I think that's my favorite part of the process just creating from scratch but the most enjoyable part of the process is like creating the characters um the look of the characters and and i can't believe i've been going on this long without shouting out tony omicon who is the 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 artist for jericho cutter uh, tony the legendary tony omicon 
uh, we actually met through a friend of a friend and the story of how we met was crazy too um, but you know we clicked early and the the process that that we have like I, I made a joke that like if if I was Prodigy then Tonio would be Havoc or if I was Guru <laughs> then Tonio would be DJ Premier um, just to, to bring it back to hip hop but the 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 process that we go through like with creating the characters is like i have the most fun doing that so like i have my character description i'll i'll um you know i'll send him the character description like this person looks like this they do this they do that this is their backstory blah 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 then i'll do the references i'll find like pictures of real people or works of art like how I want them to look I find pictures of their hair pictures of the clothes just this collage of information of how I want how I envision this character to look and then I send all that to him he'll do a sketch and then like the process of him piecing all that stuff together because sometimes my thoughts can be a little chaotic but he can follow me he follows me well and I put I put Shutterworth through this too but it's yeah. like sometimes I still got it can some be pictures. <laughs> right. The like, Yeah, 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 all that. But like sometimes it can be a little chaotic, but you know, the the art Tonio can can piece it together. And he'll send me a sketch and I'll be like, oh shit. Like that that's it. Like that's the character. You know, like the, the crazy part, like with Jericho Cutter. Like Tonio had never seen the original artwork and he didn't want to. He wanted to keep it pure to see if he could capture the vision the same way that Shutterworth did back in the day. But when Tonio and I went through the Jericho Cutter character design, it was spot on the first draft. I was and I was like, oh shit, this is it. Like I sent him the pictures, I sent him the clothes, I sent him the description, he read the script, all that. He got it the first time like there were hard the only notes that we had th- that I had on the first draft of Jericho Cutter was like the accent color on his jacket like but he got the look down like perfectly exactly how I envisioned it and how I communicated it and he also put a little twist on it like if y'all notice how dope Jericho's haircut is that was all Tonio all I had, all like, only reference I gave was a fade. Tonio put the <laughs> lightning bolts in the side. Like that was all him. That was hey, all man. him. De- it was, it, it's detailed, but it's distinct. So that, that was a yeah. yeah, yeah. He like Tony evolved the Caesar brush cut. Yeah, the Caesar <laughs> brush the cut with the razor in the pocket. <laughs> but yeah, like, like, so that was a great example. Of like how he added, he added his little twist, but it still fits the character. And, and that's why we work so well together so that was my long winded way and forgive me I'm a writer so I use a lot of words <laughs> but that was my long winded way to answer the question my, the my, I feel like right you. right right that was a cannabis burst my bad <laughs> oh, yeah, you came here with desperados <laughs> right right it just came out the blue out the blue like oh damn cannabis is on this album but um <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so my favorite part is the writing from scratch, but the most enjoyable is that creative process um, you know, just you know, 
coming up with these characters and what they look like and all that. Like, um, so so what's the worst? Like, I mean, cause you went on about the good shit, like, but you know, it's two sides of the trap. You know, it's the good part and the and the you know cops get your ass locked up part. So, uh, what's the part you don't like? <laughs> the worst part. You know, this is this might sound crazy, but it's not the worst, but it's probably the part that I have to work on the most is stuff like this. Like I'm used to being in the background, mad scientist, just creating all this shit and putting it out there. But like me being forward facing and talking about myself and doing like stuff like this, Mm -hmm. this is the part that is, it's not the hardest, but this is the part that I have to mentally get myself prepared to the most because like even professionally, Yeah, yeah, and like even even in my professional life, I'm behind the scenes. I'm not in front of the camera. I never wanted to be in front of the camera. I never like people tell me. Matter of fact, um, it was the last time I did like a, a podcast interview. Somebody was like, "Yeah, you need to stop. You need to start celebrating yourself, and you need to start putting yourself out there more and talk about what you've done, and stop being so humble." And yeah, that was me. I, I told oh, you. Yeah, that, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Like, like, hold on, like I, I called this dude up like the next day, like bro, like yeah, that was you. That's right. But but yeah, like like I said, it, it's not the worst, but it's the part that I have to do the most work to do because I'm I'm a behind the scenes type of dude. Like like I said, like the mad scientist just coming up with all this crazy shit and coming up with all like writing and creating even when I was doing the beats like I could just do that in a like I didn't need anybody to do that nobody needed to see me but then you just put the product out there and the work speaks for itself like it's out there so this is the part that that I have uh huh I said you got that blue magic (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. But that's the that's right. That's, so, that's, 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 hmm. so, so, so you know, I right, so ever since Black Panther came out, you know, there's been a wave of you know niggas like yo, yo, I'm pro black. Look at my comic book here, here. You know, Martin Luther King superpowers, this, that, that, and the third. <laughs> so, would you put your work as pro black, or does it just speak for itself? You know, do, do you have to make an announcement for that shit, like a lot of people be doing, or? Nah, it's like, I don't, like, Odd Ninja Media in general, the the mission statement is about creating authentic and diverse characters and stories. That is, that, that's my goal and my mission. I want my work to be that. I don't have to really talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, no, when you see Jericho Cutter... Mm-hmm. Nah, because it's like when you see Jericho Cutter, you see this badass black man. You cannot deny that it's a black man. You know what I mean? Like, and that was very important to me. Like, I want this, this, this like I said, back when I was young and watching Wesley Snipes beating up all them terrorists and shit in the movies, like, there's, <laughs> you see this badass black man doing all this shit. And that's what Jericho Cutter is. You know, like, the, the world that Jericho Cutter exists in is a world that is so fucked up. There is, like, people don't have time to worry about race. 
or religion or fighting with each other over this, that, and that. Everybody <laughs> is fighting. Yeah, everybody is fighting to survive. And those who are not fighting, who who seemingly seemingly live in luxury, they are puppets and cattle to the controlling power. They just don't whoa, know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say that again. Like I like the double message in that. Like like you, you was getting deep right there. Hold on. Like, <laughs> almost reminds me of what's going on now. Because like in, in the world of Jericho Cutter, you have the Chamber of Roses. The Chamber of Roses are like the quintessential just like evil organization. Like you think about Cobra, you think about the Nazis, you think about like all the like all the like villains from history and from comic books and TV series, you know, like like the Decepticons. Like imagine if all those groups they actually succeeded in what they were trying to do. That is the world that Jericho Cutter exists in. Like imagine Cobra and the Decepticons and the Nazis were all one group and they actually succeeded in doing what they wanted to do and take over the world. And and not specifically those groups, but just as an example of like historical and legendary fictional villainous groups. Oh, okay. Imagine if they won and the like the day after they won, that's when Jericho Cutter takes place. And it's like the 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 rest of the people the world trying to overcome that. And so I, I wanted to create a world where it was like the the social and racial and political religious aspects, they don't have as as much influence over the people because they're all dealing with one horrible situation yeah it's a common threat and then they're they're fighting to to survive and they're fighting to get out of this you know and and I, I wanted it to be representative of you know a world where you see like true diversity and everybody's like you see people of color all over the place you know what I'm saying you see you know it, 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 it's not like like what I found is like there's a lot of stuff that it's one extreme or the other where you'll have like all white people and a token black person or you'll have like everybody is black and that's no shot against those creators because they do their thing but for me I want to be more in the reality where you see everything but because I am a black man your lead and who you see Every every issue and who this whole story revolves around is a badass black man. Thank and you. there's no denying that. You don't have to question it. You see this black man on the cover. You see him fighting. That's what was most important to me because that's something that I always enjoy seeing, but I don't get to see it a lot. Like we don't we don't get to see it that much. You know, there's no no cookies on them, or you know, no dashikis (laughs) and no no shit like that. Uh, Because it's a fictional world, like it's a it's a fictional world. Niggas be pandering to this shit. So So, I'm asking one, I'm asking one more question Uh though. Uh Um, Uh tell me how it was when you met Champion Frenchon Cruz Deserve. 
Say that again. Tell me how it was like when you said you had a. Because you, I know you were in the Virginia, you know, you know that area. You know, um, you said you had a man. Uh, and and just to let you know, women's boxing is popping right now, and yeah. you, you got a chance to be the champ. Yeah, he had met uh Franchon Cruz Azern. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was so tell us tell us how that went down. Yeah, that was dope. That was at like uh, a luncheon. It was like a, a women's empowerment luncheon, and it was in DC. And uh, some the organization, one of the organizations that sponsored it, a lot of people at, that I work with were part of it, and they invited a bunch of us from work to to go support it. And she was there. She just happened to be sitting at our table, and um. She was just telling me, like, she was dope. Like, she was just talking to me about, you know, her style and talking to me about what she's trying to do. And, you know, like, she's in Baltimore. The boxing didn't even come up early on. We were just having a conversation. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm a boxer. And I was like, oh, for real? And she's like, yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, you followed me on Twitter, um, the, the hard-hitting diva. And um, I was like, yo, like, we got to keep in touch, like, at the time where I worked, we had just launched this um, this this channel that was targeted at at uh, younger young women, like women of color. It's right. called Clio TV. We had just launched that network, and you know we had a bunch of stuff. So we had a bunch of shows, and I was like, "Yeah, we should keep in touch because maybe there's something that we can do related to this new network that we're launching." Um, and like we, we kept in touch on, on via, uh, Instagram, but, uh, but yeah, it was cool. Like, I don't think I've ever met a boxer in person, um, and just had a conversation with them and not known they were a boxer during the conversation. And then they just bring it up like, oh yeah, by the way, I box. And I, and I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. That's cool. But then when I looked up, then when I looked up, I was like, oh, she doesn't just box. She is nice. Like, <laughs> and, she, and she's also a world champion too at that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, like this is not just some some regular uh, some regular uh, boxer. Yeah, the, but yeah, that was dope. That was really cool. And, and I think the coolest thing, like I said, about it is I didn't know like how big she was while we were having that conversation. It wasn't until later, but it was just like she's like a real humble, you know like regular person you know what i'm saying and and i thought that was dope because you know my perception is that you know every boxer is like floyd mayweather or um you know just loud and like yeah i got this i'm this i'm that and that like <laughs> like i just assume that boxers are like that because they always have to talk about how great they are you know what i'm saying like right <laughs> so when you meet one and it's just like a regular cool person like that was that was that stood out to me that was dope that was dope I mean but she she didn't get the Floyd money yet so so you know <laughs> not yet <laughs> right, give her right. a chance right she might <laughs> yeah. but uh, I know she is humble as fuck um, one of her biggest moments I remember when that one fight where she was fighting that dude I mean um the the she she did she test positive to be what what with the testosterone or some shit? Yeah, no, she oh, was yeah, fighting, yeah. She was, yeah, she was fighting she was fighting uh, Alejandra Jimenez, 
who like and the funny thing is too because we because we watch the car especially you know there's screws that actually watch the car and yeah, they, they, they did a interview and him and his voice was deep like deep as the abyss <laughs> you know what I'm saying so I'm just like whoa you know that's that, that, that and then you know when she got into the ring she was shrugging off all types of shots and moving forward I'm just like yo and then immediately yo this broad is on something you know? The Zerd was hitting it with some haymakers and like Shorty was just walking through them just like juggernaut. Yeah, and she and, and she was brolic too. I was just like, yeah, and then she, yeah, and she was talking about you know she was an actual heavyweight. She, she was like two hundred pounds, and then she went down to one sixty-four. I was like, there's no way in hell that you look that you cut that type and get that type of muscle without some help. And then you know, unfortunately, yeah, the Zerd took the loss then. But the post fight, you know, so she had like. She had testosterone in her system and shit like that. So obviously, so it took some time though. But you know, they got the, you know, they 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 changed that to a no decision, and then Desiree managed to get both her belts back at the time. So oh, that's dope. Yeah, yes. yeah, and that and, and that, that's I mean between that and of course you know her other big fight was she fought Clarissa Shields in her debut. You know, so yeah. so yeah, she's uh. Yeah, she and it gave her it gave her one of her probably hardest fights too. It doesn't really get a lot of mention either. Um, it was in that and also entertaining because they were swinging in that in that fight. And so, she always in some good fights because she fought um uh, what's the name uh Corn uh, Marie uh, uh, yeah Cornejo yeah Cornejo yeah. yeah that was like two fights with her that was good um, yeah. But yeah, the fight before Jimenez, uh, that's the one where she's probably more famous for the the whole wig meme. Yeah, the wig meme and then the yeah. PEDs than the other fights. <laughs> but yeah, so shout out to her. Um, yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We, we keep it boxing here, so I know you I like how you tied that in. in. I like how you tied that in. <laughs> yeah. All that I was doing, and you found an organic way to tie it back to boxing. That's dope. That's that, that's that's how we do, man. We, yeah. man we, we, we'll top boxing into anything, bro. Like, yeah, nigga. This ring game, yeah, yeah. I'm just glad I was able to provide you with the smooth transition, so it wasn't like I was just some random dude on here. You had to, you had to force it. So that was always... <laughs> man, you so, uh, randomly. Did you happen to randomly watch any boxing last night? Right, right. <laughs> that was a real good uh, card on ESPN. <laughs> so you seen two crackheads fighting in the alley last night? You said. Right. <laughs> if Jericho Cutter was a boxer, who do you think he would most be like? Hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yo, hold on. Honestly, that might be a low key legit question. Oh. Oh shit. Uh, I gotta do some. I, I gotta do, do some research. research. Maybe nah, y'all. Maybe you can tell me. Maybe you can tell me. I don't know the way he was. Uh, the way he be throwing those one twos on people. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know what? Real quick, I got a, a funny story about Jericho Cutter and boxing, and it's related to when when Tonio um, finished the the drafts of part one. He looked at the original Jericho Cutter. Because he didn't want to see it until he was done. And he was blown away at how many things were similar. So was I. Um, like how many things y'all both captured the same way. But one thing that he noticed was the difference between the fight with Cyrus. And I don't want to spoil it in case anybody hadn't read it. and Because I want you to read it. But Shutterworth, he, he told me, he was like, yo. 
the the OG artist had Cy- that Cyrus fight so much different. Like Jericho pummeled him, and I was like, yeah. Well, I was like, well, the the difference is like he used to be a boxer, and he, boxing is like his life. Like he knows boxing better than anybody. That's what it was. He was like, oh shit, that's crazy. Like how that you 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 use that background and put it into the art. Um, the other thing about to tie it into boxing is that you were the only person that ever noticed how many people, particularly Jericho, were left-handed. Like you were like, oh, so Jericho's a southpaw. That's that boxing shit. And I was like, <laughs> like wow, like you really pointed, you really noticed that. Like I didn't even know. <laughs> Tonio had to ask me if I noticed it. You noticed it immediately, and I was like, that's that boxing shit. So it's like you know. Shout out to you for putting all of your shit into like one frame of mind and you can pull from all of it. The hip hop, the boxing, the art, and all that shit is like forward, forward thinking and it's always present. But that was dope. That was my Jericho Cutter boxing story. So I'm done. No, no, I say thank you. Thank you for that. Because when we started collabing back in the day, I wasn't really drawing that much like that. Like I was, I was like maybe ninety percent into rap, like rap, 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 bars, bars. Nigga was beat star, and it's like once you found out I could draw a little bit, uh-huh. you slowly brought the drawing out of me, and then it came to a point where I was drawing as much as I was rapping. Oh, that's so dope. I gotta credit you for kind of bringing me back into drawing, because before before I met you, I was drawing. I think it's not as nice, but I kind of like you know took the kind of did a black droog. I fell back from it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's dope. like a three stacks, you know? Had like a verse here and there, like... Uh, <laughs> right, right. I draw a picture once every seven months. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so, um, there was a lot of, a lot, a lot of boxing on last night, you know? Y'all, yeah. y'all gentlemen ready to get into that? Some, some oh, yeah. Comes. Oh, yeah, definitely.